Hello, welcome to Cheese the Day, the official cheese cast of North Coast Co-op. Serving up cheese facts like they're hors d'oeuvres. My name is Thomas. I'm the cheese department head at the North Coast Co-op in Eureka. I'm here with my fellow cheese nerd. Veronica, I'm the cheese department head at the North Coast Co-op in Arcata. Excellent. I'm very excited, Veronica, to do this episode. Uh, we're going to talk about some history, one of my favorite topics. So, just to set the scene, I just want to, like, this is like a Netflix cooking show combined with Game of Thrones. Just wow. like, that's that's the vibe I want to set. Uh, if we could get some theme music to go with that that's not going to get us in any copyright trouble, that would be fantastic. <laughs> But this is a wild ride. Okay, so it's the 1600s, the later half of the 17th century. It's 1672. Louis XIV, the Sun King, is King of France. And actually, okay, so he's about to start a war that's going to involve almost every major power in Europe and is going to redefine the borders of France in a way that they still maintain today. But this story is... I just, just, just to do it justice, I feel like when most people Google Mimolette, like, oh, the history of Mimolette, and they hear, oh, it was ordered to be created by the King of France, Louis Fourteenth, because they wanted an alternative to Edom. And they just stop there. And they just stop there. Or it was related to... Uh, some trade policies that France had where they wanted to pump up domestic production of, of products. Jean-Baptiste Colbert was the finance minister, and he said, oh, we should support local cheese manufacturers. But it's so much more complicated than that. Where do the windmills come in? Where do the windmills come in? <laughs> That's what I'm like, okay, I'm so windmills? excited to get to the windmills. <laughs> okay. Back to 1672. Louis the Sun King. First of all, he is called the Sun King. He has a big personality, a larger-than-life personality, a little bit godlike. He's known for his expansionist views and thinking he's the best king in Europe. So he decides, for a lot of complicated reasons that I highly encourage people to go read about, that he deserves to just own part of the Dutch Republic. So he invades and invades, I'm, I'm going to gloss over the invasion here, but it goes wildly successfully. He's just marching through Holland. Taken over. Taken over. The Dutch Republic is city after city, fortress after fortress are falling. Uh, he eventually rolls up to one fortress with like 40,000 men and a whole bunch of cannons. And the garrison inside is, is only 1,000 troops. And the soldiers' wives see the oncoming army and they've heard about all of the other fortresses falling and they demand that the commanders of the fortress surrender and when they refuse they threaten to butcher and eat them because it's a siege Whoa! and so they just immediately caved and surrendered uh, one of the more important fortresses that was about to fall and this just goes incredibly poorly for the Dutch I feel really bad for them in fact this is still known as uh, still talked about and known in France. They refer to this day, I wrote it down here, I wanted to get it right, Rampyar, disaster year. Wow. It was a bad time, to such an extent 
that to stop the onslaught of the incoming French army, they flooded their own country. And this is where King Louis made the mistake of invading the Dutch Republic, because on the way in, he was passing all these windmills. And in France, windmills are generally used for milling things like grain. Mm -hmm. But in the Netherlands, as a lot of people can tell you now, they're used to drain the land of the seawater, which had traditionally covered it. Uh, the Dutch people had spent the last several hundred years carefully draining all of the water out of their country to create arable farmland. Wow. And during disaster year, they all pulled back to Amsterdam and flooded most of their country to stop the French from taking it. It was, it was an incredibly dramatic war with a lot of twists and turns and a lot of just fascinating characters and the French had a finance minister who was also in charge of their navy and also in charge of, like, lots of random other things. He had, like, ten job titles and was making all kinds of crazy policies. But this war was supposed to be a really quick war for Louis. It was supposed to just last that one year. It drags on for another five years after that and pulls in France... The Dutch Republic, they're the original two in the war, but then Spain, England, the Holy Roman Empire, originally founded there. by Charlemagne. They get in there too? They get involved. Uh, <laughs> the Holy Roman Empire. Sweden, the Brandenburg uh, rulers in Prussia, Denmark, and Norway. This is a pan-European war that no one has ever heard about. It's referred to by a bunch of different names. The Dutch-Franco War, the Third Anglo-Dutch War. Hmm. England was on the side of France. The Dutch were backed up by the Holy Roman Empire. It got real complicated. But a bunch, a bunch of fighting and a bunch of petty squabbling and a bunch of the Sun King demanding various tribute later. They finally end the war in 1678. And this is where it gets related to cheese. Yeah, where's, where's the cheese? Because over the course of this dramatic drop... Uh, sorry, yeah, I know, I was distracted by the history. This is where the cheese comes in. So Mimolette. The mm. reason the French needed an alternative to Mimolette is because they had just invaded the Dutch Republic, which was subsequently, for reasons beyond their control, completely flooded by seawater. That's where all of the Edom came from. Edom or Edom uh, was the most popular cheese of the day. Comes in these nice small packages, little little balls. It's mm -hmm. nice and hard and salty. It travels incredibly well. It's really hard wearing. Uh, more of that cheese was sold in Europe than any other cheese from the 14th century to the 18th century. It was exceptionally popular, and as soon as they invaded the Dutch Republic and did really well, forcing the Dutch to flood their own country, the world supply of Edom suddenly got a lot smaller. Hmm. So, this guy, Jean-Baptiste Colbert, who was finance minister slash investigator of embezzlement slash best friends with King Louis slash commander of the Navy, just went to some French cheese manufacturers and ordered them on behalf of the king to make knockoff Edom. But because it was King Louis, and he was like, no, 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 no. It has to be, like, <laughs> mine, though. He was like, no, 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 we're not making Edom. 
we're putting a natto in it. And we're giving it a new name. It's called Mimolette now. It's its own French thing. It's totally separate. It's totally King Louis cheese. So that's how that cheese came about. And that started mid-war. They had to start producing this because demand was very high. And he wasn't just in charge of the Navy, in charge of the war. He was also the finance minister. So he had to keep Try trade to keep happening going. in the yeah. French Empire. So that's one cheese that was born during this war. But at the end of the war, King Louis, he's taken all this territory. And at the end of the war, there's all of these countries involved. England, Spain, the Holy Roman Empire. He's taken towns from all of them at this point and has to give a bunch back. But he gets a few things in return. For one thing, he gets a bunch of territory that makes up the modern border that France has with Switzerland. Switzerland, interesting, you will notice, totally absent from this war in total Swiss fashion. <laughs> They're not getting involved in this. But he, he takes some territory from a bunch of other countries. Uh, one of these places is a region in France still known as Franche-Comte. Mm-hmm. Where Comte cheese is made. Yes. Which is a famous French cheese that was almost not a French cheese at all. It was only it only became a French cheese after France took control of this territory in 1678. Hmm. And that's not necessarily how Comte was born, but how how Comte came about out of this conflict as being a, a traditional French cheese. Uh, that's sort of the broad strokes of the conflict. Some cheeses that were involved. Uh, let's take really a quick cool. break. We'll come back. More we'll details. Di- we'll discuss. More details, discussion, us making fun of ancient French kings. Cheese the Day is the official cheese cast of the North Coast Co-op, your local member-owned and organic certified grocery store, where everyone is welcome. Now back to the cheese nerds. Welcome back to Cheese the Day. I want to hear more. Tell me more details. <laughs> oh, so many good details. So Jean Colbert Baptiste uh, is credited as as creating Edam directly, or not Edam? Sorry, uh, Mimolette directly, mm. and ordered these French cheesemakers to do it on behalf of the French king. But the cheesemakers he chose were basically on the border with the Dutch Republic. Because they, I guess he was thinking like they're culturally similar enough that they'll be able to, to make this knockoff effectively. Or this wartime replacement, depending on whose propaganda you choose to believe. Right. Did uh, they add the annatto from the very beginning? Or was there some scuffle and fight and you're copying us and you can't take credit for our cheese? They and- added annatto from the very beginning. It seems to be... My reading of it is that it was a propaganda move. It was part of the wartime propaganda during the war. Because mm-hmm. the cheese came out during the war when su- when supply was really short. Uh, they wanted, as far as I can tell, they wanted to make it distinct from the Dutch version, to make it French, to make it... I mean, this was, this was a war of, of expansionism and imperial conquest, and they wanted to yeah. prove how oh, yeah. great France was and how great Louis the Sun King is. And, well, he was out to prove that. He actually personally led that campaign for large parts of it. And there was almost a peace in the first year, but King Louis uh, 
went into those negotiations himself. He showed up with his army at the negotiation and demanded, yes, you can have peace, but I want you to send an ambassador to my court every year apologizing for this war where we invaded you. (laughs) And also, you're going to present me with a plaque every year talking about how great I am and extolling my grandiose virtues. Oh, my goodness. So that's, I mean, that's that's kind of who he was. <laughs> S- needless to say, those terms were not agreed to. Yeah. Uh, so the war dragged on for another five years, and they needed a replacement for Dutch cheeses. Yeah. But they wanted them to be French. And so that meant them- making exactly the same cheese as the Dutch cheese, but adding an auto. Or very similar to the Dutch cheese. It has a lot of the same properties, its shape, its texture. Gosh, I want to taste them side by side now. I want to taste them side by side now, too. It's been over 300 years, not quite 400. Yeah. How much have have they diverged? Yeah. They must have diverged quite a bit in the intervening years. Because Mimolette is an official French cheese now. It's very French. It's, Mm -hmm. It's part of French heritage, French culture. Uh, it came from a pretty dark chapter of yeah. European history. I mean, this is, at the time, that was a lot of the known world for a lot of these countries. I mean, this must have felt like World War II to yeah. these folks. Like, it just got wildly out of hand very oh. quickly. Wars over cheese. Wars over cheese. Not necessarily over cheese, but definitely cheese was a big part of their their motivation and, and, and propaganda. Yeah. Uh, for the secret he was the Secretary of State for the Navy, Jean Colbert Baptiste was. And he took time out of fighting this war to go travel and find French cheesemakers to make this cheese and officially order them on behalf of the king. You have to make this cheese ostensibly for the war effort. Of and you have to that put a not a French in thing. It. Yeah, we need we need this cheese. We need patriotic cheese. Because through no fault of our own, <laughs> a huge section of Dutch farmland is now underwater. Under which, salty water. Under salty water. Which, incidentally, uh, we didn't really cover this at the time, but a lot of the Netherlands, Holland, etc., uh, is below sea level and would naturally be underwater if it weren't for all those thousands of windmills pumping the water over dikes and into rivers. Wow. And out back into the sea. It was it's just a huge feat of engineering at a time before mechanization and electricity to drain that much yeah. marshland. I had no marshland. idea. And they undid it all to save Amsterdam. And there's go and read the story, folks. There's all kinds of fantastic anecdotes about the walls of Amsterdam bristling with tens of thousands of cannons because they basically just stuffed their whole army into one city and a whole bunch of Germans played by the Holy Roman Empire. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it's, it's a crazy, wild, twisting ride, which you can find on the internet. Uh, yeah, we, that'd be several podcasts worth of information. Several podcasts yeah. worth of information. It, it would be very interesting to me to taste Edom and Mimolette side by side again. But also, uh, cheeses from that area of France that was conquered during that time and taken taken into France. It'd be interesting to see how those cheeses developed as compared to cheeses just across the border in Switzerland and places like that. Mm-hmm. How, mu- how different is Comte to... There's a 
lot of crossover. Yeah. Especially with flavors, which leads to, I feel like, a lot of confusion when you're trying cheeses from, like, the Alpen cheeses up in those border areas. Yeah. There's a lot of cheeses that I taste from from the Alps that I taste. And I'm like, I taste like this and also like this and also like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's telling that they were already aware of that flavor crossover in regions because the French cheesemakers that he chose were on the border with the Dutch Republic. Yeah. Clearly, they already had that Dutch influence in their cheesemaking. Yeah, because the part of qualified. their tradition. Yeah. Yeah. It might also have been about terroir. Maybe he was trying to capture that Dutch terroir. Maybe. Trying to make it as close in flavor and yeah. texture as possible. Louis the Sun King from history. I, I, I believe, I'm not positive, he's the one that made, for, he founded Versailles, didn't he? Was that his palace originally, or was that two Louis so. later? I don't uh, remember. I don't remember. Off the top of my head, I should have looked that up. There but was a was, lot of Louis. <laughs> he, there were so many Louis. Yeah. He was an ostentatious king, though. Mm-hmm. And fighting a war and making cheese part of his propaganda arm. I think you said, you said it right. Like, of course they needed cheese for the war effort. It's France. You can't fight a war without cheese. <laughs> What will we do for our cheese course? Yeah. Yeah. It's very important. Well. That just goes to show you cheeses around the world that uh, are famous and have a very brief history on the surface. Sometimes that history is deep and broad and dark and full of Game of Thrones-esque twists and turns and fortresses falling. And <laughs> cannons being spiked, and just so much warfare and bloodshed. Yeah. To create what I have in my case now all the time that I just cut some more of and got sample. The and now Edom? every time uh, the Mimolette, I have that in the Eureka store year round now. It used oh. to be just a holiday cheese, but I just have it for the holidays. I just cut up half a little wheel of it and stuck it out in the case. And I tasted the little shavings that were left on the cutting board. Mm. And I thought to myself, oh, this is just delicious. I should read some more about this. And then you fell into the hole. fell down that rabbit hole. I ended up reading a whole bunch about it on my lunch break just because I was like, okay, this isn't cheese related. But I just have to know, like, why were Britain and France allies during this war? Sure. And it's connected to a whole bunch of wars that happened later in history. Like, this, this event set up a lot of European history... And was related with the power vacuum created by the Dutch flooding their country and pulling back to Amsterdam. A lot of the outlying areas of the Dutch Republic suddenly had to declare for one side or the other, and a whole bunch of them sided with the Prince of Orange, who history buffs may recognize from the British Civil War. Mm. Uh, that history is intertwined with the story of Edom and Mimolet oh, also. Uh, and a whole bunch of other conflicts. Just It was fascinating to me. Cheese is awesome. They're great cheeses. Mimolet, uh, we've, we've thrown that out there a few times. Yeah. I don't think we've described it in this episode. It's a cute little round cheese. Looks like a pumpkin. It's got a natto in it, obviously, because that was part of yeah. the official King's Command. It's pretty bright orange. Yeah. And it is delicious. I don't have any in the Arcata store currently, but in the fall, I definitely will be bringing it in. I think in a previous episode, I said I wanted to decorate with this cheese for the fall. Mm Mm-hmm. 
it looks so much like fall. It it belongs in the fall just as much as pumpkin spice or sweaters or falling leaves. Yeah. It's definitely got that color to it. It's that same color palette. You can wrap a scarf around it. Yeah. And the paste has got a, a little bit of a waxy texture. It's kind of hard and dry. It's and pretty salty. dense. It's, yeah, it's dense. That's a good way to describe it. I cut it in little teeny wedges because a little goes a long way with this cheese. It's one of those. Yeah. It's, it's difficult yeah. to cut in nice little wedges. I'm selling it pretty steadily now. I think people that try it, a lot of them are like, oh, this is, this is a special cheese and there's not much quite like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fascinating cheese. It's very eye-catching. I hope you enjoyed that history. I mm-hmm. deeply enjoyed that history. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, that, that's you good could stuff. Turn, you could turn this episode of Cheese History, uh, not this episode of the podcast, but this period of Cheese History, into... I think HBO should pick it up and, and make it a historical <laughs> drama. I, I truly do. Uh, they probably could. Yeah. They probably could. I forgot to mention this, so I'm recording it after the episode. Uh, it's also worth mentioning that... There are several other European cheeses that come up in this war, but sort of tangentially. Uh, Munster of Munster cheese fame lends an entire army to King Louis because they just suddenly side with him. Also, the town that Gouda cheese comes from, I believe it's pronounced something like Hauda in Dutch. Mm-hmm. Huda, possibly. Uh, that city that gives the name to its cheese, when they flooded... Uh, when when the Dutch flooded their own country, that city was built on higher ground and became a, uh, a an important point of strategery in maneuvering the armies because it was conveniently not flooded, which uh, probably led to not a lack of Goudas, which is why the French weren't knocking off Gouda. Instead, they had to knock off Edom. I'm just guessing. But uh, yeah, that's all I want to say there. Uh, that's worth reading as well. There's lots of lots of cheese names that come up during this history, so that's 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 fun additional reading. Uh, on a final note, before we say goodbye, I just have to say, look up pictures of Jean Baptiste Colbert because there's an official portrait of him done after he got one of his many offices and positions he did, and for his official portrait, there's this little tiny man inside this giant black robe, like. Like evil emperor from Star Wars, big black robe, uh, and he's holding daintily in one hand just a little tiny letter, and I just have to know, like it's very like important symbolism, like like he's still in charge of paperwork. This is like he's presenting this image of like a military <laughs> dictator, but like you know he's still the Secretary of Finance, so like here he is holding a little tiny piece of correspondence. Huh. Now yeah. I have to go. I have to Google that. That was my interpretation of the painting. I'm sure there's there was a different meaning intended behind it. But, uh, <laughs> thank you all for listening to this episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed learning about it. I think that concludes the episode for today. Uh, come visit our cheese departments. Come try Mimolette in the Eureka store right now, in the Arcata store during the fall. Uh, both of our locations have plenty of other fun cheeses. For example, mm. I know the Arcata store you have Comte right now mm-hmm. and I don't that's you, another cheese we mentioned good cheese I don't know if either of us have Adam not currently but our cheese departments are located at 811 I Street in Arcata 25 4th Street in Eureka 
Also, please follow the North Coast Co-op on Facebook and Instagram. You can visit us at northcoast.coop. That's C-O-O-P. Uh, if you want more cheese content and would like to subscribe to our email list, please visit northcoast.coop or co-op slash cheese. Uh, our email list is a way that we want to communicate with you. It includes all kinds of fun things. Uh, cheese wisdom from the co-op cheese nerds. Not necessarily dark, twisting tales of <laughs> cheese-based wars, but uh, more hand-picked cheese recommendations, upcoming cheese department news, events, uh, exclusive deals. We want to give you guys some deals, discounts, early access to some cheese. I'd love to see this eventually turn into something like a cheese club. But, uh, yeah... To do that, we need to be in contact with you guys, so please sign up for our email address if that's something you'd be interested in. All right. Uh, that's all we got. That's all we got. Have a great day, and uh, stay away from Louis. Sometimes they invade your country and it gets <laughs> flooded. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.